bringing in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yay! Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Okay, so um, as we know, when it was Laura and just Laura, just me, we had a little bit of a mishap mm-hmm. last week. So one of our very first New Year's resolutions is Mike is never allowed to leave when we are recording no. again. Never. Mm-hmm. Mike, you get that? Never allowed to leave again before recording. <laughs> yeah. So that's resolution number one. Number one. Uh, so welcome back in 2020. Uh, new you, new me, new year. Is that what we do? New everything. New everything. We're, um, Laura and I are cleansing for the month. Hopefully I'm going to take off some weight. Laura doesn't need to take off yes, weight. Yes, I do. I'm hoping to take off some weight. So this episode is raw. It's just oh, me and Laura and water. That's it. Exhaustion. <laughs> and tired. I worked last night and tired. Uh, so this is the correction of last episode. So we're going to pretend like it's the first time we've heard each other's stories because we had to correct the last one too. So this is probably the fourth, fourth. round. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to pretend it's the first time we've heard these stories. I'll try to put a spin on it to make you a little more okay. excited about it. I'm probably not going um, to. I've got nothing but water in my cup, so I shouldn't trip over my words. Nope. And uh, the only drawback is I forgot my glasses. So I can't really see the words to trip over them. Um, so if I stumble, it's because I'm trying to focus and actually see what I wrote mm-hmm. because I can't see the paper mm-hmm. that great. All right. So let's start off with some New Year's resolutions. Okay. All right. What do you have going? Mine is I'm going to lose the weight I want to lose mm-hmm. this month with this this extreme cleanse, cleanse. that on. No caffeine, no soy, no dairy no gluten i'm like no nothing no pretty much lettuce i'm living on beans and lettuce yeah <laughs> and a lot of gas <laughs> um and then i'm gonna keep it off of the yeah yes that's i second those goals number one um what were my other i can't even think anymore right um because for me the new year is so far in the past now like I know. it's almost new year's oh Eve i next know year. <laughs> read two books a month that's right that's yep. right that's right um and save some money yeah Try that not to buy to as much. More. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. Try to buy as much. Are you kidding me? So we're going to <laughs> Ireland, and we're not going as scissors and scrubs, but we're no. going together. Yes. So if you're in Ireland and you maybe want to show us around your hospital, give us a shout yeah. out. Love. I mean, we could be scissors and scrubs. We could be day. scissors. Yes, exactly. In Dublin, we're going to be in mm-hmm. Dublin for the day, mm-hmm. doing some haunted stuff and checking out Guinness and Jameson, and because we won't be on the cleanse then. No. Um. So. When I look and think about Ireland, all I want to do is shop. Yeah. All I want to do is spend money. And, of course, my husband's having a stroke. But I'm like, oh, look at these shoes. You're doing great. Look at these pants. Oh, I could get those. I'll bet you'll be in them by then because yeah. I'll be felt. <laughs> You're right. I'll probably be the same exact size. No, now. you won't. Um, so I second those. I want to do the same thing. And my goal is to keep it off this time. Yes. Because I'm a little bit older. Mm-hmm. So I'm circling the end of life mm-hmm. changes for women. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to be behind the eight ball. No. So. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm going to make myself get on the scale every week. Yes. And, to and, keep it in check. Yes. And I'm going to try to keep with some of these healthy living habits we're learning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my podcast New Year's resolutions are to build our audience. Mm -hmm. So please share, please review us because it really will make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So this is my plea, my New Year's plea to review for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I have my way, by the end of the year, we'll have some kind of an agent and live shows Mm -hmm. coming. Mm -hmm. And Laura's going to work on that. That's why we need to be spelled because we're going to have an agent and we're going to have live shows. Oh, this live shows, I got to drop it like at least 20. I got to be real skinny. We're going to live shows. I got to have a a, makeup artist and everything to cover the bags. We're going to work on new merch. 
Mike, we're going to work on new merch, right? Yeah, we are. Because Mike's That's the Mike's hands. That's Mike's New Year's resolution. Mike's the hands of my ideas. Yes. I need his hands for my ideas because yes. I can think it. I can't draw it. No. So Mike's going to help us get some new merch. I hope we get some great ideas and some t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any I, thoughts on episodes you want us to do, things you want to talk about, um, send them our way mm-hmm. because we're always looking for ideas. We've come up with a few things we're working on. Right. And I have to say Jen's story. It was a last minute call. She decided to do it and we're getting, I'm getting a lot of feedback. I don't know if you're hearing anything, but I've had quite a few people come up to me. People wanted pictures before and after of yeah. her. Um, I think she told a great story. And, she did. And one woman was like, she confirmed all my fears. Everything I've ever feared about having gastric bypass. I'm like, yep, yeah, but she still would do it again. Right. I don't think she's made it sound that bad. I think you just need to be aware that this is right. what's coming There's, there and are how things, to handle it. Right. But you know, she's healthier now. And, right. You're yeah. gonna, you have to be careful you don't trade one addiction mm-hmm. for another. Mm-hmm. So she she told a great story. Um, I think considering the glitches and everything, I think it worked out the way it should because – that was a that was just I was still I've heard the story before and I still listened to it like yeah. it was the first time I heard it. I really enjoy it. So we're going to do what we were supposed to do last week. Right. Um, which we're covering the two biggest um New Year's resolutions. Thank you. Because yeah. even though I'm not drinking, I still can't think. <laughs> Our um, brains might be fuzzy. Kosakov <laughs> syndrome. I'm like it's like withering away. Um yes, I'm trying to it's a lack of caffeine, that's what it is. Mm. The two biggest things, which is giving up smoking, weight loss, um, and the gym. That's the other. We, we're not talking about the gym, but that's the other big thing. Like, oh my! Everybody shows up to the gym first two weeks, and you don't see them again until next January. Jack and his friend Jack up from the gym last night, and they come out and they're like, "Oh, that took way longer than it should have," because all the New Year's resolution people were there. And I'm like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> they're like, the they're taking up all the weights. We couldn't even get to the weights. Yeah. These. I'm like, don't worry. By the end of January, they They'll won't be, be there gone. anymore. And he's like, I know. We just got to wait the month. I'm like, yep. I've been going. So, of course, I was one of those people that went back. <laughs> and uh, I pass in and the guy's standing there. And he just looks at me. I'm like, oh, what is my ID laughing at me that I actually decided to come <laughs> oh, back? Oh, she didn't die. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, she isn't a cripple. That was all fake. <laughs> so um, I went. But because I go in the middle of the day, it's it, nothing yeah. has changed for me. Thank God. Yeah. All right. So. Initially, we were going to have you go last because you were leading right into True. Jen's story. Maybe Do you I want to go, go first. first this week because we're coming right off at Jen's right. story? Sure. All right. All right. And it gives me time to actually focus on the words. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> and this is the first time I've ever heard this information. Yes. I'll be astounded. Yes. Um, so I did the number one New Year's resolution, which is to lose weight. So I took which it. both of us are trying. Right. So I took it with our surgical background spin and i am talking about bariatric surgery or weight loss surgery so um just in case you don't know bariatric surgery is weight loss surgery that makes changes to your digestive system to help you lose weight um surgery is done when diet and exercise have not worked and you have serious health problems due to your weight some of those health problems could be heart disease and stroke high blood pressure non-alcoholic non-alcoholic fatty liver disease which is nafld mm-hmm. Or non-alcoholics, I'm not going to say this, still, <laughs> even, even steatohepatitis, which is NASH. Okay. It's a non-alcoholic hepatitis that kills your liver, NASH. Um, sleep apnea and t- type 2 diabetes. Which are all 
separately major things to worry about. Major health issues. But most of these people have them all. Right. Or at least three or four of them. Right. Which are a big problem. Um, surgery can be an option for you if your BMI or your body mass index is 40 or higher. If your BMI is 35 to 39.9 and you have serious weight-related health problems. Or you could qualify for like a... Um, we'll go over the types of surgeries, but there's... um. Like a scaled down version, right? Um, you could qualify for a lesser version of the bariatric surgeries. God help me. I'm on a roll, dude. I gotta get us some chocolate. Um, no, (laughs) if your BMI is all I want is bread. I know (laughs) if your BMI is 30 to 34 and you have serious health problems as well, so you don't have to be as heavy, you just have to be overweight, obese, and have health problems. You don't have to be like morbidly obese to have to have these surgeries. Um, four common types of bariatric surgery are the Roux-en-Y gastric bypass is one. Um, this is when the surgeon creates a small pouch at the top of the stomach, which greatly limits the amount of food you can eat at one time. Um, and then the small intestine is cut a small distance from the main stomach and connected to the new pouch. Food goes directly from the new pouch into this part of the intestine. The, so if you look at the stomach, yeah. it looks like an old Jordache bag. It does. Remember those Jordache yes, bags? I okay. Do. So picture taking the Jordache bag and cutting just the corner off mm-hmm. and sticking your colon, your digestive tract, to that little tiny part. Right. And the rest of it's just hanging out. So your your stomach now is a fraction of itself. Yes. So you can only eat just like a, a very here. small amount and then you're, you're completely, completely full. full. Um. So anyway, so the intestines hooked up to that part. Then the main part of the stomach is still in there. They don't take it out. And it still makes the digestive juices to break down your food. Um, so I guess what confuses me, though, if the digestive juices are in the part of the Jordache bag that's not hooked to anything, how is that it, juice getting to anything? It is still hooked. It's just hooked further down. They, like, di- they like divert it. Divert. Okay it down to further down so the food goes from that so little teeny new pouch you have gotcha. into the piece of the small intestine and then there's another piece of the small intestine still hooked up to the main part of the stomach okay so it's still and that hooks in down further all right so you still it's get them it's, it's just shooting it right into absorption yes okay um and because food now bypasses that portion of the small intestine your new you have fewer nutrients and calories being absorbed so even if you stretch your stomach a little bit, because over time, if you, yeah, you keep eating and you eat a little too much, that little pouch is going to stretch a little. Like a balloon. Right. Hopefully you won't stretch it and blow it out because you can do that, but mm-hmm. it will stretch a little bit. But even if you did stretch it to a decent size where you could consume more food, you can never absorb the calories that you were absorbing it. before. Okay. You also can absorb the nutrients. Bum, bum, bum. Mm-hmm. Um, back later and play. Or as Jen has told you, you know what happened. Right. Um, there's the, so that's the one that Jen had, that mm-hmm. ruin Y gastric bypass. There's another um, surgery that's the adjustable gastric banding. A band containing an inflatable balloon is placed around the upper part of the stomach and fixed in place. A port is then placed under the skin of your abdomen, and a tube connects the port to the band. By injecting or removing fluid through the port, the balloon can be inflated or deflated to adjust the size of the band, which adjusts the size of the stomach. Gastric banding restricts the amount of food you can consume, 
so you feel full, full mm-hmm. faster. But it does not reduce the absorption of cal- calories and nutrients because it has nothing to do with your um, small intestine. Okay. So, so it's only the, the size. bag, you've stuck an elastic around that little corner. Right. It's all still hooked up, but you're squeezing the elastic shut. So, so you feel real full. Gotcha. Real fast. <clears throat> so you don't eat as much. And your doctor can, you know, if you're I like, I can literally only eat one bite and that's it. He can take some out, right. make a little more, more control over it. Right. Or if you lose a lot of weight, they can deflate it, let you try, you know, see how it goes. So it's not as permanent. There is a sleeve gastrectomy, which is when part of the stomach is removed. The remaining part is shaped more like a tube than your pouch, than your Jordache bag. Um, The smaller stomach... Yeah, I did too. (laughs) The smaller stomach can't hold as much food. It also produces less ghrelin, G-H-R-E-L-I-N, which is the appetite regulating hormone which can then lessen your desire to eat. I need to do that. Yeah. Sleeve gastrectomy does not affect the absorption of calories and nutrients again because it has nothing to do with your small intestine. So literally they're just cutting away a piece of your stomach and they take it out. So you just have a smaller stomach. This is just a smaller stomach. It's like a tube. But everything's hooked exactly the same way. And then there's the last one, which I had no idea about, which is a biliopancreatic diversion with duodenal switch. This is like a Roux-en-Y gastric bypass. Just slightly different. Surgery removes part of the stomach, like in the sleeve. So they do cut your stomach. They cut the piece right out. Um, the first part of the intestine, which is called the duodenum, is left attached to the new stomach. I can never listen to that word without you telling the first story. Oh, yeah. Can you say duodenum? I know. <laughs> I think of the, Every time you say that, I think of that story now. Every <laughs> time I hear every it time. at work, I'm like, oh, yeah. Can you say duodenum? I know. Dumb they ass. have a duodenum also. Remember that girl with the camera? <laughs> bitch. She's <laughs> so mad. Um, so I hate her forever. I know. Dead to me. <laughs> um, so anyways, the duodenum's left attached to the new stomach. Then the surgeon staples off. This gets real confusing. He staples <laughs> off the middle section of the intestines and attaches the duodenum directly to the last part of the intestines. So the middle part's kind of yeah, left out. Um, that's where they get the name duodenal switch. They switch where it's attached to. Um, the switch. Yes. Then they attach that middle section of the intestine that they bypassed to the end of the intestine. So bile and pancreatic digestive juices flow to this part of the intestine, hence the name biliopancreatic diversion. This surgery makes the amount of food eaten at one time less because your stomach is now tubes like, like in a sleeve gastrectomy. And it limits the absorption of the calories and nutrients again because so of the like bypass. Of it's like you've combined... To a sleeve and a row and wine. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two that involve your small intestines in your absorption and two just leave it alone. Make, this, make it smaller. your stomach smaller. That's a good way of saying that. Yeah. Um, the benefits of bariatric surgery, um, there's long-term remission of type 2 diabetes. Diabetes is the leading cause of kidney failure, non-traumatic lower limb amputations, new cases of blindness, blindness, and associated um, with heart disease, stroke, hypertension, kidney disease, and pregnancy complications. Let's just say when we're at work mm-hmm. and you see these vascular disasters, they always have diabetes. Yeah. Always. Always diabetic. So you have, like all your kidney transplants, they always have diabetes. Mm-hmm. When your doctor tells you you're pre-diabetic, take it very serious. It's very serious. D- or when they even tell you you're diabetic, mm-hmm. take it very serious because it it's a slow killer yeah, and it kills you from the inside. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you don't see your heart attacks and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They don't see it happening. So mm-hmm. you think there's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. It is a deadly 
deadly right. disease. I think people blow I mean, type one. I think they blow it off. Everybody knows type one. Very right. serious. You're really sick. It's like, you know, it's bad. Type two is just as serious. Yep, it it's just, just not longer. as right. It just takes a long time and to build. You're going to be like handicapped because now you don't have a foot. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have a leg, mm-hmm. and it takes you piece by piece until mm-hmm. there's nothing left. Right. Um. So after surgery, improvement in metabolic control is seen within days to weeks. So after you get bariatric surgery, you can see changes in your metabolic system, which will mm-hmm. then help change your diabetes in days. Can you imagine. I know. Um, in studies of 28,616 obese diabetic patients, remission or improvement in diabetes at 12 months post-op, um, the results were 83%, 83% of patients that had a Ruin Y had improvement, That's 55% with the sleeve gastrectomy had um, improvement or remission, and 44% of patients that had the gastric banding had Remission or improvement in diabetes. That's huge. That's huge. That's uh, huge. It's at least half of these people mm-hmm. I have going either into remission with diabetes or have huge improvements. Major step in getting healthier right there. It changes their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sooner you have the surgery, like the sooner when you're diagnosed or you're pre-diabetic but you're overweight, and if the sooner you have the surgery to your diagnosis, the more likely the chance of remission. Okay. So, so you, if, you if you wait you had a long time, diabetes it's... for 20 years, it's going to improve. Right. You might not go into remission, but it's definitely going to improve from the surgery. But if you've had diabetes for a year, you know, you your doctor catches it. you, hey, get the surgery, it can go into complete remission. You don't have, you know. When I used to watch The Biggest Loser, loved that show. I love it. Like, it's coming back. I, heard I just saw they're going to, like, they're restructuring it because, do you remember the girl who was on it last time, Rachel? She yeah. looked like Karen Carpenter at the end of that show. She did, yeah. She looked awful. Yeah. And they were all shocked. But the first thing they would be off is their blood pressure medication yeah. and their diabetes. Right. Immediately. It's, and it, it helps, you know, quote unquote, cure it. I mean, it's, yeah. and that's a huge win. I mean, that's huge. We should probably do a diabetes episode. Probably. It's but real so quick, much. the difference between type one and type two is twi- type one, you're born with it. Mm-hmm. Type two, you develop it usually from lifestyle habits. Right. It's not like because you're a healthy marathoner, it's usually you're living an unhealthy life right. and you develop type two mm-hmm. diabetes. So it's something that is avoidable. Right. Um, another benefit is the treatment of fatty liver disease. Only the only good treatment for NASH, which I already told you I'm not going back over, but it's a non-alcoholic <laughs> hepatitis. Ain't going to do it. Nope. That kills your liver. The only good treatment for it is weight loss. Um, NASH is the number two leading cause of needing a liver transplant. Oof. Studies show more than 80% of resolution of NASH after bariatric surgery. So again, that's a big deal. Huge life changer. You, you, I mean, if you're that sick that you need a liver transplant, it's because of fat in your liver. Right. I mean, and this can get, this can help with 80% of the time. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And they say in the next 10 years, because they think it's, America is going to be mostly obese in the next 10 years. But look at how we eat. Oh, I, not for nothing. Like, if you have to buy peanut butter and jelly in the freezer section, there's a problem. You're, how <laughs> lazy are you? You can't make a fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I know. You know, breakfast's this and the cereal bars. and We eat crap. Oh, yeah. All like, And I'm the biggest offender. McDonald's no. is my my go-to. Love it. Love McDonald's. Can't mm-hmm. get enough of it. Mm-hmm. But we eat McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Taco Bell, 
Wendy's, like, mm-hmm. and they're all out doing each other to see who can make it bigger and better and greasier and fattier. Mm-hmm. And even the Fleet Center, when they release their new menu, let's have hamburgers on donuts because that's good boy. And like, have the cheesy fries. It's we eat. It's awful. awful. We're only getting bigger, better, and worse. Right. So they say within the next 10 years, they think Nash will be the number one leading cause for needing a liver transplant. I believe it. Um, Another benefit is improved cardiovascular health. Surgery has been reported to cause normalization of hypertension in 30 to 50% of patients that were on meds and reduce the need of meds in 20 to 30% of patients that had bariatric surgery. High blood pressure. High blood pressure, sorry. Um, studies show that surgery leads to the resolution of um, hyperlipidemia, um, which That's is like, uh, high cholesterol. Fat, yeah, like yeah, high cholesterol, high fats um, in blood. In about 60% of the patient patients that have bariatric surgery, resolution mm-hmm. of it. Um, and then surgery leads to 50% reduction of heart attack risk and 50% reduction of stroke risk. And those are huge. Huge. The killers. They, and if they don't kill you, they, def- like they stroke, change your life forever. Yeah. Even a heart attack. I mean, it just changes your mm-hmm. life. Um, Part of Jen's story she didn't tell because she tells you her husband had a stroke, and you know her stroke. Mm-hmm. The stroke was directly linked to he had a uh, a hole in his a heart. hole in his heart. And but he was a big guy too. And afterwards, um, he had the surgery. Right. And you know it's a game changer because mm-hmm. you can't risk another stroke. No. You know. Um, another benefit benefit is improvement in joint pain and osteoarthritis. Surgery relieves the pain in as soon as three months, which is a predictable outcome. Mm-hmm. You have all that weight on these joints. You lose, you know, 100 pounds in your three months. Your skeleton didn't get any bigger. Just you fact right. it. <laughs> right. So you're relieving all that pressure. Your joints and bones from all this pressure. Um, studies show that the frequency of back pain was relieved in 83% of patients, and lumbar back pain symptoms were reduced in 82 to 90% of patients after 6 to 22 months. I mean, your little tiny joints aren't meant to carry four to 600 pounds around. No. They're not meant for that. Even if you're only 50 to 75 pounds over, it's that's a lot. I mean, look at your ankle. Your ankles aren't very big. Right. And you're putting all that weight on there. Yeah. Um, another benefit is sleep apnea improvement. Studies show that um, achieving and sustaining a normal body weight often allows people with sleep apnea to stop using a CPAP machine. You have, wow. again, you're laying there with all that weight on your, your neck and your and chest you know, yep. and your abdomen. You can't expand. You, it's on your throat. You can't open and it again, up. Sleep apnea is a killer. Yeah. Silent killer. Yeah. I know. People think it's not, oh, I'm not using the CPAP. Noise. It makes a lot of noise. It, a, they don't make a lot of noise right. anymore. And like, it's, it's oh, they're snore. I'm fine. Well, it's not. And even if it, you don't die from it, it directly affects your everyday life. Mm-hmm. You don't even know how tired you are. You're tired all the time. Yep. Exactly. And you, you don't, don't even realize, realize the night's sleep you're getting until you're on that yep. CPAP. And then you turn into, I'm going to have coffee, and that usually has cream, right. or milk, or sugar, or this. Donut you're with that coffee. turning to all this stuff that's just going to add to your waking. Um, it also benefits polycystic ovary syndrome and infertility. PCOS is the most common endocrine disease in women, and it is strongly associated with obesity. It's found in 30 to 70% of obese women of reproductive age and is associated with irregular periods, excessive hair, and infertility. I know. Anything that gives you excessive hair is an issue. I know. Um, Studies have shown after Rue and Y, women who achieve effective weight loss have restored menstrual cycles, improvement in excessive hair, and decreased androgen level. And for women with PCOS with infertility, surgery has been shown to increase their fertility rate. So again... 
it, you know what? You wait because when we talked anorexia and bulimia, they had irregular periods. Right. They had excessive hair, <laughs> and um, they or they wouldn't get their periods it's, at all. It throws your whole metabolic right your cycle weight off. Yeah, exactly is crucial to you being. I don't know, like fertile, I guess, right. you know, because these girls, you're messing with it on either direction right. and your body's like, nope, we're done. You can't support a baby. You're Try out. Try to keep them that healthy. Another benefit is um, relief of depression. Many obese people feel depressed because of poor body image and social stigmas. People sometimes find it difficult to participate in activities they might otherwise enjoy, which can then lead to social isolation, which then leads to depression. More eating and both. It's a vicious yep. Um, losing the excess weight can lead to improved emotional health. So now I have, those are the benefits. So now I have some <laughs> post-op risks and side effects. Um, bariatric surgery risks in general are acid reflux, chronic nausea and vomiting, dilation of the esophagus, inability to eat certain foods, infection, obstruction, weight gain, or failure to lose weight. Long-term risks are dumping syndrome, low blood sugar, malnutrition, ulcers, and hernias. And I think Jen touched on like Almost a, all of them. A lot of those: the vomiting, um, inability to eat certain foods. Almost every single one of them comes back to have their gallbladder out. Yeah, I don't know what the, it's a huge it's uh, a big um, one. Gallstones is a big yeah. um, one of the gastric bypasses. Um, ulcers and hernias. She said, like her friend had thirty surgeries. I am willing to bet. One of them was hernia. One was one ulcer. was a hernia. One was an ulcer already, um, like a breakage of the right or a leak. Yeah. Right, or a leak. One was a yeah. gallbladder. Yeah. Um, the risks vary upon the procedures. Obviously, some are more in depth. Right. Um, gastric bypass risks, which are the ruin wise, are mm-hmm. that biliopancreatic one. Um, breakage, dumping syndrome, which, like Jen said, when you take in sugar. Your body goes into this like I feel like you have a heart attack, hyperactive state. Your heart races. You're sweating. Yeah. You have um, like severe diarrhea, severe vomiting. It's awful. Like right. they cannot Actually, take it. Actually, somebody told me today because I was talking about Jen's episode, and she said a friend of hers um, became an alcoholic mm-hmm. with the drinking, and she passes out from the sugar. So she will Ooh. drink like pound it, and then she pass <gasps> out cold. She's like, we'll literally be in a restaurant. She'll be out. Oh my god! Because of all the sugar that she's taken in from the alcohol, people don't realize how much alcohol, how much sugar, sugar is in alcohol. Yeah. Um, all right, dumping syndrome, gallstones, which you would have to have your gallbladder off for, hernia, internal bleeding, leakage, like at the sites where mm-hmm. they're where they're sewing up that um, bowel, yeah. and those that all those areas can have little leaks, and then stool is leaking into your abdomen, um, perforation of stomach or intestines, pouch obstruction. So when if you have like you know, that pouch is really small now. If you have a big piece of chicken in it, and it, it can out. obstruct. Um, or intestinal obstruction. Protein or calorie malnutrition. Pulmonary or cardiac problems. Skin separation. Spleen or organ injury. Stomach or intestinal ulcers. Strictures and vitamin and iron deficiency. Um, then gastric sleeve risks are blood clots, gallstones, hernias, internal bleeding, leakage, perforation of stomach, skin separation, stricture, vitamin or iron deficiency. So I was watching, um, oh my God, it's not, bo- it's like botched abroad or botched, botched up. I can't remember the name oh, of it now. It's like a botched I show, can't get enough. plastic surgery show, mm-hmm. but this one takes place in um, Great Britain. So this woman was on, it was like a wedding show, you know, what people do before mm-hmm. their weddings and like, it's all the 
problems that happened. Extreme. Um, so this lady had, she was always, you know, she was obese. Right. She always had a problem with her weight. She decided to have, um, I didn't say which bariatric surgery she had, but she had a bariatric surgery, like pretty, I mean, within the thing. Too close to the wedding. Too close to the wedding. She had to have about 30 surgeries afterwards. She had leak, you know, immediately she had a leak. So she had bowel contents flowing into her abdomen. So she had raging infection in her abdomen. She was in the hospital for like ever. And she had multiple, multiple, multiple surgeries after that. They, she obviously had hernias because she had... Um, so you already have body image issues. Right, and now you have... And all- now you've got scars of the wazoo from it. Oh, and then she had mesh implanted, so she must have okay, hernias. So we, yeah. you know, fixed the abdominal wall with a hernia with mesh to keep it stable. So now that's infected. It's been like two or three years since her surgery. She Oof. still has a vac dressing in this little... She still has like an opening in her abdomen that won't heal because of these infections. So we put a vac dressing, which is like a sponge, and it's hooked up to a suction canister, and it sucks out like all the fluid and bacteria. It helps to heal it. But... helps heal the wound from the inside out. She's had it in for like over a year. Oh. And she wants to get married, but they kept putting that the wedding off. You want to kill yourself. Yeah, because she has a vac dressing on. Right. With the, you know, she has to hold the, we have the suction canister around her. So she went to this plastic surgeon. She's like, I'm, I want, we're getting married in three months. Like, what can I do? Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, nothing before your wedding this will not heal so they never even ended up doing her surgery on the show because he was like this you won't be healed in time you won't you need we need to take all this stuff out you need you know we need to take the mat everything infected oh. out and sat over and then we can get rid of, and you know she had excess skin we can get rid of the excess skin we can almost ho- a blessing she has the excess skin because she may be able to cover some of the scars by a top right right you know but anyway this poor lady so she had the fa- oh it was awful but she had like 30 surgeries after it was oh. nuts what a nightmare. Yeah. What a nightmare. Yeah. So then I ended it with 10 things your doctor won't tell you about weight loss surgery from everydayhealth.com. Some of them we already went over, but one of them was you can get very depressed post-surgery. So a lot of people have a depression going into the surgery, um, but they say there is a, you know, a good amount of people that develop depression after or their depression worsens. It happens in about 13% of patients. Um about six to 12 months after gastric bypass surgery, they were studied and um, their depression did worsen. I wonder why. I don't know if it's because you're not having what you were using. You're, you're not oh, having you, and the you food gave up your addiction, sugar. Right. Your thing that made you comfortable. Yeah. Um, excess skin can be an issue, and corrective no. surgery is costly. So you, you're, you're 300, 400 pounds. All that skin's been stretched. For all those years. And there's a lot of skin. Yeah. It doesn't come back. No. Um, so, yeah. And it's like under your arms. It's, it's under your, your neck. Groin, it's, it's, it's Yeah. It's it your flaps over. Penis, yeah. It's... So, a lot of people get it removed after. you. It is cosmetic surgery, so you do sometimes have to pay for it. If it's a lot and you get, like, rashes or infections or yeast right. infections under it, they, that can they be covered. If they open your belly, they might, like, take some of the skin off right. while they're closing it, you know. If you're having a problem with it, it can be covered. Right. If you're not, it might not be covered at all. So you do you have to pay for that on your own. Um, I'll go on botched and they'll take care of it. Right. Either way. Um, it could, like we already talked about with Jen, it could boost your risk for alcohol use or drug use. Um, they're not sure why, but they said most of these studies say that it's not a psychological problem, even though you 
I I'm mean, not buying that. I know you're covering one with the other, but they do say it is something physiological, whether it's the absorption I think it's of both. it. Or, I think it's yeah. both. I think you're trading one addiction for another. Right. And this is a really easy one because you're getting a buzz. Right. Immediately. Steps. Yeah. yeah. Um, you steps, still need the gym, gym membership. <laughs> you still have to work out. You yeah. still have to do work. People are always like, oh, it's an easy fix. It's an easy fix. They should work out. These people still have to work hard. Mm -hmm. That you lose the way to, you know, right away. But to keep it off and to lose more, like to where you want to be, you have to work. You have to work. I've seen at least two people close to where we work put all of the weight and then some back on. Yeah. Like bad. Yeah. Bad. To the person had to sit to work Mm -hmm. because they couldn't stand Mm -hmm. anymore because of the weight Mm -hmm. and had taken off easy 150 pounds, put all of it back. It's not an easy fix. No, it's you not. You work really hard for it. It's a lifelong struggle. Yep. Uh, you can't have soda. The carbonation puts a ton of pressure on your stomach and cause it to expand. Cannot have soda anymore. Um, it could put a strain on your marriage is another thing. You're going through this huge transformation. Usually your spouse isn't. Mm-hmm. And they've been used to one style. And sometimes it's that they're taking care of you, that you need the right. help. And now... Well, they don't have to because you can get up and go do that. Or right. you can... Then they wanted to take care of you. Right. That was like their role. So it's a whole, you know, or you you all of a sudden look fantastic and they're kind of feeling bad about themselves. So right. you can put a big strain on your marriage. When Just you be aware of my 600 pound of life, a yeah. lot of them get divorced. Yeah. A lot of them. I mean, one guy, I'll never forget. I, mean, I think he liked big girls and he said that. And he told her, if you lose the weight, we're going we're gonna to be done. And she started losing the weight. And he was just so mean to her. Well, and He picks her up from the hospital and drove her to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, my God. I was like, you asshole. And you can't, if you're with somebody like that, that's not healthy anyways. No, Because they don't no, want you right. to be healthy. Like, right. they, your, right. your significant other should want you to be he was just healthy and live a, a longer life. Right. Um, but just be aware of it beforehand. Go to counseling. Get, you know, just be. Know what's coming down Keep the it in mind. Right. Um. I think everything else, it says like the risks are low compared to doing nothing at all usually. And um, most people say they do it again. Yeah. Like when we talk to Jen. So we both have a friend um, that we work with, Brittany, that had um, gastric bypass surgery. And um, she wrote in and just told her, that's sure. her story. Um, so I'm just going to read it verbatim from her. Um, she did a really nice job with it. We've known her for a long time now, and the, she's had some struggles. Yeah, like she's she. But I'll tell you, whatever she's doing now, she looks. Brittany, you look great. Yeah, she looks awesome. Um, and she's got to be. I mean, the health benefits. Yeah, yeah. So this is her story. Um, at the age of twenty, after being diagnosed with pre-diabetes and fatty liver, which are two of the mm-hmm. biggest things that this can change, um, I made the choice to have gastric bypass. It wasn't really a hard decision because I had to do something other otherwise I was going to die. It was really difficult. Not only did I have to teach myself new behaviors physically, like eating and exercising, I had to face things emotionally. Unless you face yourself one hundred percent, you won't succeed. It's a very grueling recovery, and you risk a lot by having the operation. Even now, 11 years later, I still have to think about everything I put into my mouth. I lost about 120 pounds originally after the first year and was able to find my career in surgical technology. I would not be able to do this job at almost 400 pounds. I went through the motions for the next 10 years or so and slowly gained back 30 pounds because I was mentally unhappy and refused to deal with things. It scared me how easily the weight went back on. About a year ago, I was 11 years out, 30 pounds heavier and very unhappy. I made the decision to join a CrossFit gym and change my diet. 
With a lot of coaching from very special people, I was able to lose that 30 pounds plus 20. 11 years later, and I'm down about 140 pounds. My life has changed drastically. I'm so much happier with myself. If I hadn't had the option to have that surgery, I probably wouldn't be here right now. If you are thinking about it, I urge you to do therapy and prepare mentally as much as you can before. Otherwise, you'll set yourself up for failure. It's not an easy journey. In fact, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done. But I promise you, if you decide to do it and do it correctly, it will change your life. And she, like I said, that CrossFit's working for her. She looks great. And and again, that's just one of those things. Like it says, it's not this easy fix. Like she had it. And I think, you know, she went along with it. But like she said, she wasn't doing anything. She wasn't really into mm-hmm. exercising. She had to teach herself to do all that. And she gained weight back. I also think she's seeing the results from it. It's building confidence. It's making you feel right. better about yourself. Right. Like I, so I think I would, I was looking for the number. Um, Jen mentioned Overeat is Anonymous. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, following up on this, like look it up. Yeah. And you can Google it. You can find a meeting local near you. Mm-hmm. Maybe something you should look into and go to a couple of meetings before you right. even hit the gastric bypass. You're going to know what a gastric bypass is coming in, but maybe you'll address the issues of why you're eating to begin with. Right, and then we'll just help you afterwards during your recovery. Exactly, it'll help you with that. That's terribly interesting. Thank you. I think I like that. I think I like it better this time. (laughs) Oh, good, the fourth time time. around. I think the fourth time, but the first time. (laughs) Fourth time's a charm. So I'm doing the other big one, which maybe isn't as big anymore because smoking's becoming kind of passe. Yes. Though vaping is on the rise. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going to go back in time to New Year's of you long ago, <laughs> as they did on Wayne's World. We're going to go back to the 70s. Mm-hmm. We're going to go like 1976 slash 77. Everything is brown. Mm-hmm. Everything is brown. And everything smells like smoke. Mm-hmm. The days. <laughs> my mother gives me a $5 bill and says, go down the corner and get me a pack of Winston's mm-hmm. and you can keep the change. Mm-hmm. And I come home and she puts it in her super fancy gold lime cigarette case. I played with those. My entire childhood, the gold lame, the silver lame ones with the little. Those were the super fancy ones. If you were just a very utilitarian kind of mom, Mm -hmm. you had the one that had the lighter pocket in the front of the cigarette case to put your bic. Oh, you remember those? I only, I think I've only seen them. Oh, it was like like my aunt is very um, utilitarian. Mm -hmm. Everything in her house was brown, including her cigarette case, and her cigarette case had a little pouch in the front for the lighter. So, and, you know, in the 70s, you could, even in the 80s, you would go to your ceramics class, because we had ceramics class at my school. We had cooking, we had ceramics, we had woodworking, and we had sewing. Home ec. At Catholic high school? I didn't go to, at grammar school. Oh, grammar school. Oh, we didn't have Grammar school. So, um, you could make an ashtray for your parents. Oh. Isn't this gorgeous, Mom? Here's the ashtray. We had a drawer full of ashtrays. We that, had a ton of ashtrays. They and were all over the house. It's so... I said something to him one time, like someone was, I was like, oh, we should put an ashtray outside, like on the deck. And I was like, we don't have an ashtray. Yeah. Like no one even Well, has. you know what? I can get you probably 15. Yeah. I can get you a nice 70s one that the was The beanbag one on the bottom? Oh, I loved the beanbag. My those. mother, you know, when smoking was becoming an issue, mm-hmm. she had one that had a battery and it would suck the smoke into oh, the machine. I don't know right. where the hell the smoke went, but it sucked it into mm-hmm. the machine. It was, mm-hmm. But we had the beanbag one. She had a beautiful gold and red and brown one. Yes. I mean, you had the ones on the stands. Yes. You had, yep. and then you had different kinds of lighters. You yep. had a gun lighter. You had a grenade lighter. Mm-hmm. You had the pen lighter. My you grandfather, had... my papa Jim, gun lighter, which he didn't smoke. No, but, but he got it when lighter. he retired oh, from yeah. the police station. It had the little, you know, the little 
What do you call it? The trigger, uh, the, the hammer. Would, the hammer light. would spark because yeah. it had like the flint in it. And then out of the. <laughs> Came the, the flame. <laughs> no, it didn't come out. It had, he was a cop. He was also a carpenter. It had a tape measure that came out of the barrel of the that, gun. Now that's a lighter. So that's yeah. a lighter. One of my skills um, as a very young child, probably before I was in kindergarten, I could learn how to, my father had the old Zippo. Mm-hmm. Lighters, that's what I'm thinking of. I think it's Zippo. You know, the metal ones you would flip. Yeah, flip back. Yeah. And I would be able to pull out the inside. Ooh. And there was cotton on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And you would open the cotton. That's where you get the flints. Mm-hmm. And I could load the flints for the lighter mm-hmm. and fill it with lighter fluid. Nice. Lighter fluid. I'm five. <laughs> with yep. flint. And that was like, Dad, can I fill your lighter? I thought it was so cool. Yeah. And then, you know, if we went to fly down to see my grandparents, we sat in the smoking section of the plane. Mm-hmm. Of a plane. The big tube. The back. The back was mm-hmm. the smoking section. So the tiniest part of the plane is where all the smokers sat. And that's where you sat with all your kids. Mm-hmm. Dying. Mm-hmm. Your kids are dying from the smoke. And you had little cigarette ashtrays in oh, the arms. Oh, the arms. Remember that? Of the, yeah. You had cigarette ashtrays in the back of your car. Yeah. The and little the flip, of car. The little metal. And the best door. part of the fucking car was the lighter, lighter. in the ashtray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, and you'd like, my mother would, I don't know how he didn't burn to death. We'd because say, she'd be in stop and shop for like an hour and we'd be clicking the lighter and, ooh, let's see if we can touch it. Like, and it's bright red when it would come out. Yeah. I mean, these are my childhood yeah. memories. I love All the around smoking. Yeah. And then you'd go to dinner. Can I have smoking or non-smoking? Mm-hmm. And all that separated you was a glass partition. If if that. If that. Yeah. Some of them, just one pot was, yeah. and one pot wasn't. Mm-hmm. I try to explain that to my kids. They're like, I don't understand you were in the same room. I'm like, it didn't matter. I know. He's like, so what was the difference? I don't know. But literally, anytime you went to any restaurant, smoking or not. Yeah. That's what they asked. Smoking it wasn't or until not. the 90s that we... Late 90s, I think, that Massachusetts gave up smoking. And my mother, to this day, smoking is like her badge of honor. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm not taking the non-smoker seats. There better not be a non-smoker in my smoking section, because I swear to God, if they tell me I can't smoke, there's going to be a fight. And she would literally, like, take that long-ass... 20 yard cigarette you know that she'd had a light from the next room because it was so long and thin mm-hmm. and she'd blow that smoke around waiting for somebody to start a fight with her with that cigarette oh, oh my god every memory of her yelling mm-hmm. every memory of her ha- is with a cigarette in that hand mm-hmm. and my mother comes from a ginormous family mm-hmm. all of them smoked so when there was a family function everybody was there with their 400 foot long cigarettes mm-hmm. smoking away and drinking coffee and smoking and drinking coffee mm-hmm. She only quit three years ago. She was the last one of this entire family that gave up smoking. So, uh, Everybody in that family has died from cancer. Yeah. One way or another. Every one of them mm-hmm. has died from cancer. Mm-hmm. They live to be 95, but they died from cancer. Right. So, um, and it was just funny to see one after the other start quitting. And she was, no, nope, no, 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 nobody's going to take it away from me. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to smoke till the day I... <laughs> It's just like, of all things to take on as a cause, yeah, smoking, smoking shouldn't have been it. Like, of all the causes you could have defended to your dad, no. it shouldn't have been smoking. No. But, oh, it was it was her cause. So, that was the 70s. Like, car sick probably stemmed from me sitting with my parents in the car, both of them smoking, 20 degrees outside, the heat on full blast, and they would just barely crack the windows because mm-hmm. it's cold. Yeah, but I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. And then my middle brother started smoking. So now we have three of them smoking in the house. And the worst, <laughs> the worst smell in the world, like I'm talking about it and I'm being transported uh-huh. back and I can smell Trigger it. You. 
is when they would sit in the bathroom because you know, like <gasps> the bathroom smoke is the worst. The bathroom smoke, smoke. Yeah. like it sticks both from men. The moisture like not my mother. My mother was an in and outer. She had too much shit to do. But yeah. my brother would go in there and he would have his phone, mm-hmm. his cigarettes, and I don't know what else. And he would be in there for hours mm-hmm. talking on the phone and smoking. Mm-hmm. So between the smell of shit mm-hmm. and, and smoke. Mm-hmm. In that and the wet, tiny, yes. Damp, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I literally like, I can feel myself wanting to throw up. At the, I'm back in that bathroom mm-hmm. with him smoking away, Ugh. talking to his girlfriends. We used to call it toy at the time. He'd be there for hours, smoking his cigarettes, <laughs> talking on the phone. I'm like, do they know you're taking a shit while you're talking to them on the phone? No, no, no. And he would just, la, 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 la. I'm like. I, I can't. Could you right. imagine? Like, he's backing one out yeah. while you guys are talking cute talk. Really? I love you. No, I love you. Oh, what was it? Nothing, nothing. No, I'm just like the cigarette. Like, <laughs> so romantic. Toilet time. So, um, yeah, so smoking was a huge part of my growing up, which is why I decided to do the smoking. Mm-hmm. And just when you think back of everywhere people smoked, mm-hmm. doctor's offices, mm-hmm. they were smoking, hospitals, they were smoking. You could go anywhere and smoke. smoke. And our kids today don't know because we have banned it from everywhere. Right. But they think vaping is fine, which shocks me. Yeah. Which shocks me. I couldn't really get into vaping because it is such another issue that smoking in itself is its own issue. Right. And this episode would be three weeks long. Yeah. And we'd be in the bathroom smoking. We'll do a vape. And, um, we'll do a vape. We'll have to do something some, on vaping because some it, it's a huge hot topic yeah. right now. But I can't. I can't. I can't. It's no. just too much. We're just doing plain old so We're doing smoking. So smoking basically dates back to Adam and Eve. Okay, Mm -hmm. since humans have walked the face of the earth, they have been smoking. So about 5,000 B.C., they were used in rituals. Um, They would burn it as incense. They weren't smoking it like you would think a cigarette. They'd just light shit, and Mm -hmm. you'd breathe it in and have a trip, and, oh, look at me, and now I'm religious, and yada, yada, yada. So it was um, burned as incense. Cannabis was burned the same way. Opium. Opium Mm. was burned the same way. I'm not going to – I wouldn't mind trying opium. (laughs) I wonder what that's like, what a whole opium trip was like. Can you imagine, like, just sitting there in a den, your little pipe and smoking yeah. away. And, a little tent. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe get a massage, because right? you think of those opium dens, it's always... It's real dark. It's real yeah. dark. It's kind of decorating cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, <laughs> um, so that's more of a more passive inhalation. Yes. So in 1560, Jean Nicot, where the word nicotine comes from, because okay. it's spelled N-I-C-O-T, he brings tobacco to France from Spain, and it takes off like mm-hmm. wildfire, shoots right over to England. Those three countries just were like incestuous with mm-hmm. each other, right to England. And there was a quote somewhere where like somebody had seen a sailor from England smoking for the first time. They'd never seen some and smoke coming out of his nose and mm-hmm. in his mouth. And they thought it was the most bizarre thing they'd ever seen. So they had so to try it. They had well, the, <laughs> Look at it. It's coming out. I'm going to try that. No. Um, tobacco as well as tea, opium, and coffee were originally used for medicinal purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Europeans come to America, and the cultivation, con- consumption, and trading of tobacco spreads like wildfire because now we have the space and like ideal temperatures to grow tobacco mm-hmm. down south. Yeah, the tobacco not fields. so much up here. Not so much in New England. Mm-hmm. We were more cranberries, and the south went right to tobacco and cotton. Mm-hmm. What a combination! <laughs> okay, so as as soon as tobacco hits the scene in the 16th century, it also immediately becomes criticized you immediately have like king james scotland saying this is disgusting i can't stand it i don't know why anybody's doing it it's gross Mm -hmm. 1606 doctor um remember i don't have my glasses as i drop my book because i'm trying to keep it so far from my face (laughs) dr elazar dunson duncan 
Dunson, it, it could be a C, it could be an S, <laughs> wrote that tobacco is so hurtful and dangerous to youth that it has, it gets it from its name. I'm not going to go into the quote exactly because it's bizarre, but it was called youth's bane mm-hmm. when it first came out. And so that's how they were referred to tobacco because of youth. It's going to, it's going to kill them. She knew back in 1606, it was going to kill her yet. You have women in the fifties being like, I didn't know it was deadly. What do you mean? Yeah, My mother will be like, nobody weight. told us it, was, it would make yeah. you sick. Did they have to tell you that burning smoke into your lungs would make you sick? I mean, black lung has been around for a long time, Mm -hmm. and that's just dust. Mm -hmm. So as far back as 1798, doctors were predicting negative impacts on health. Um, But it wasn't until the 20th century that researchers began to conduct serious um, experiments in writing research papers. In the late 19th century, the automated cigarette-making machine allowed for more production of cigarettes at a low cost. Mm -hmm. Guess where that was made? Down south. Oh, well, they got a lot so, of tobacco. Yeah, now you get these big tobacco companies starting to sprout up. Mm-hmm. R.J. Reynolds and whoever the... I have names, but I don't know them. <laughs> but I, I can't memorize them. them. I could have told you them for the first episode. <laughs> so most products um, are done down south because they come up with a machine. Um, Virginia, as the Victorian age gives away to the Edwardian era, also mm. as the Downton Abbey era, mm-hmm. cigarette smoking becomes elegant and fashionable among men in society. Mm. In 1912, Dr. Isaac Adair Adler, again, don't have my glasses, is the first physician to link smoking with lung cancer. 1912, he's like, there's a huge link between lung cancer and smoking. Prior to World War I, lung cancer was such a rare disease that most physicians would never have even seen it. Wow. There was, prior to the 1900s, Ever, from 5,000 B.C. to 1900s, they had 140 documented cases of lung cancer. 1929, Fritz Lichten publishes his first statistical description of lung cancer and a tobacco link. Because now you're starting to see lung cancer Mm -hmm. spreading more. He went so far as to say that it was uh, that five times more men would end up with lung cancer. women didn't smoke at this time you were considered a hussy if you smoked even Hitler didn't like smoking he considered it like disgusting bad you could not be a woman of the Hitler Reich if like you could not be a prime Aryan candidate if you smoked because he considered it um, you were vulnerable to premature aging and it gave you a loss of physical attractiveness. You were unsuitable to be a wife and mother in the German family. Well, you're a big hussy. So. Well, you're a slut. Mm-hmm. Smoking equals slut. I did, you know, I had a long, skinny cigarette in your mouth, I guess. I guess. You know? yeah. I, I totally see the connection. <laughs> uh, 1948, major studies in England show smoking causes uh, many health issues. Now it's becoming unethical in 1948 mm-hmm. for physicians to be using to be used as role models for smoking. Really? Like, I can't even, I can't Finally. like. Yeah. So throughout the 1950s, multiple studies show the link between lung cancer and smoking. 1964, the U.S. Surgeon General reports on smoking and health, and it leads to a ban on certain advertising and requires health labels on tobacco products. So this is where you start seeing it can lead lung cancer. I don't even think they linked it yet to babies. Yeah, I don't remember. I think like it was more like warnings, it will yeah. lead to lung cancer. 
Uh, so in the 1990s, in order to decrease smoking, um, in order to decrease smoking, taxes on cigarettes go through the roof. Mm-hmm. Legislation against marketing and huge anti-smoking campaigns are put in place. Mm-hmm. And by the turn of the century, almost everywhere you see um, non-smoking ads, and today kids are like horrified by it. I'm not kidding you when I say my kids, my in-laws, would smoke. And they, I said something like, oh, well, where was so-and-so? And they're like, oh, they were cigaretting. I was like, what? They were cigaretting. I'm like, smoking? They were cigaretting. I'm like, smoking. Yeah. They didn't even know what to do call do not it. know what the word is. But they didn't even know. Because yeah. no one does it. Like, no. it's just not part of their world. Like, they would hate to go. My, my mother and my husband's aunt continued to smoke. In mm-hmm. fact, my husband's aunt quit. She's back at it. And doesn't want anybody to know she smokes. Oh, good, Nicole. So when my husband, <laughs> you just well, she's like she's like homebound. I mean, everybody knows. She thinks nobody knows. Everybody knows. But my husband goes to visit, and she ate the cigarette, <gasps> so he wouldn't see it. Oh, and he's like, she was chewing on something really gross. I'm like, it was probably a cigarette. Oh. Imagine that filter and all, chomping on that like a piece of gum. So when my kids would go visit them, I am so far removed from smoking now. They would. See I would have to wash everything when they would come. They yeah. would stink. I mean, remember coming home from the nightclubs? You, and it would come off of you like a In mist. the shower. Yes. You'd get in the shower and it would just raise up off of you. Oh, you smoked like you had smoked 52 packs of cigarettes. Do you remember when they first switched the bars to non-smoking? Like, yes. And you would come home and you're like, this, this is, is weird. Happened. I don't smell. Like it well, was Well, I was bizarre. living in California and they passed it first. Mm-hmm. And we would go into the bars like, this is great, you know. We came home on vacation mm-hmm. and went to a bar, and I was like, oh, my God, this is gross. Like, it was gross. You didn't even realize it. Then when it stopped, you're like, this is strange. Heaven. I went home, and I still smelled like my perfume. I could wear those clothes I again. Right. I could wear those clothes again, and I didn't smell like <laughs> somebody had put a cigar Because whether you smoked bag. or not, you stunk. You stunk. Yeah. And growing up in a house like that, I'd go to school, and everybody thought I had smoked a pack of Marlboro's because right. – my Your clothes, clothes smell, everything smells. Bag, my yeah. locker at school would smell like smoke. It was gross. Yeah. It was gross. So uh, I'm going to hit the marketing of cigarettes throughout the years. Okay. Because that's really how the cigarette companies hooked so many people and how cigarette smoking became so popular because the mar- they were vicious and relentless in going after people. So the first nicotine ad was in a New York daily paper in 1789, and it was for snuff and tobacco products. So before actual cigarette rolling of the South, mm-hmm. you would go and you'd buy packets of tobacco, and you'd roll your own cigarettes, or you'd chew it, which is even worse. That's a whole nother topic, chewing uh, tobacco. cancer. It's worse than all tongue of Tongue cancer. Oh. Yeah, tongue, yeah. throat. Oh, neck. that's Ugh. awful. So at this time, you'd go in and you would ask for tobacco by quality, not by brand name. You'd be like, okay. you know, I want your best brand of chewing tobacco. Mm-hmm. Give me a spittoon. And spittoon. That is the most disgusting habit on the face of the earth. Of all the habits I can think of, I chewing. Lo- I love when you find the, the bottle. The Poland Springs bottle discarded on the side full of the street. Full of, of spit. Spit. I know. My brother used to, when he was in the Marines, he was chewing tobacco. That was before the bathroom time, four hours smoking Winston's or whatever the hell you smoke. Um, and... The smell of it was gross, and you have a lungy field bottle of just lung butter and spit and tobacco rolling around the car. Yeah. It was gross. It was gross. I don't like the sound of it. I hate the sound of it. I hate the smell of it. I hate the look of it. I don't want to see your nasty-ass bottle of spit anywhere. I don't know why. I do like the look of a lip packed, though. Because usually hot guys chew. That's probably why. All right. But you know what? I put, did like a He packed could lip. put a pack of sunflower seeds in there and I'd be happy. Yeah. All gum. right. Put some, some gum. gum in there. Put a piece of cotton like the Godfather. I don't yeah. care, but do not 
I did like you a pack. I'm mm. not kissing that mouth because mm. then there's a leftover chewed tobacco and spit. You get some spit. His, yeah, and, and then you get a spit. And you know the there's some brown teeth somewhere in yeah. there because it's yeah. all caught up in, yeah. in, in the little bits of tobacco caught mm. in the teeth. Yep. I mm-hmm. drank it once. Oh, what? Oh, Mike just said Been he drank the spit Why? bottle once. A dare? Oh my! No, 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 no! By um, accident? Are you that stupid? What? No, no someone was spitting it into their beer bottle. <laughs> and they put it down. And you can't and see through I grabbed it, thinking it was mine. Swigged it. Did you it immediately vomit? All went down. Oh! I can still taste it and feel it to this day. When just, did this happen? Um, what did you do? I would have immediately throw up on him. I, did I, just, I know you? No. You this, have kissed no. that mouth. Let's <laughs> say you have kissed that mouth. Never again. He just sealed his mouth. You're getting a divorce. I said, James, I just drink. Oh, James. Yeah, Aww. I just drink your dip spit. <laughs> I love how calm you were about it because I would have been hysterical and I would have been vomiting everywhere. They would have been dip spit in bile and God knows what, in McDonald's I all over the place. I still feel it. Oh, please. You know what? You need to stop talking I'm, about this. I'm I can't gagging. talk about it. Well, I'm, you describing it a minute ago. Made like... you remember how it tasted? <laughs> oh, I'm gagging. Because yeah, it's the most vile habit to have ever graced the face of the earth. Of all the habits I can think of, that is, I would rather you scratched your ass nonstop in front of me than drink out of a spit. <laughs> okay. Back to marketing. Oh. I literally, my bile's in the back of my throat. I mean, our stomachs are very sensitive. Yeah. Right now. Yes. I don't want to eat Mike, and now all I can think of is drinking dip spit. Oh. And I love you, you coined the term, like you had the right term. I don't know what to call it. Just nasty dip spit. Dip spit mm. shit. Okay. So that's how you would buy tobacco <laughs> for your dip spit. Nasty, disgusting shit. Um, wow, we went on a little bit of a tip. Yeah, that was a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Now i got to find my place because I went on to dip spit. They would go and ask for the gray. Okay, so the first quote-unquote cigarettes were made from old cigar scraps. Mm-hmm. And soldiers in the Civil War, they would take up the habit, and it leads to a demand for tobacco. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, hey, look at it. It's wrapped. We can burn it. We don't have to spit in a bottle or a platoon. My friend's not drinking it. Somebody will kiss me because it's not all over my tea. Yep. Um, so they start smoking it from the papers, and the demand increases. Now, public health concerns over chewing tobacco being spit everywhere except for a spittoon. Which is just infectious disease. Well, they thought it would bring the fear of spreading Mm -hmm. the flu, which you'd remember if we've talked about our flu episode Mm -hmm. of 1918, this is around the same time, and TB. So that Mm -hmm. also jumps like we need cigarettes. We don't want people spitting all over the place. Mm What movie was I watching? Outlaw Josie Wales, I think it is. If you you've ever seen the it. most random I, movies I, I, I've ever I have heard of in my life. But Ocho, he kills a couple people and then they spit tobacco on their head. So he's got this big brown thing of uh, tobacco spit rolling down his face. Uh, That's what I'm I remember. also gagging from, from that. Outlaw Josie Wales. So we, he didn't use a spittoon, he spit on the dead bodies. We just watched Jojo Rabbit. I've never seen that. It just came out. What is it? It's, I can't, the way funny? I'm going to describe it to you sounds ridiculously Is it stupid a cartoon? no okay the way mike and sam tried to describe it to me i was like i'm not watching that that is the stupidest thing i've ever heard of it's like a little kid in like nazi germany and he's like one of the little nazi kids that nazi goes to youth. like the camp it's yep. one of those little nazi kids um those little fuckers with the blonde hair and the and blue he's eyes like 10 and his imaginary friend is hitler <laughs> it's hysterical and i know it's it's it also tells the tale, like, and of it's what a it was whole like to be thing. A it's a whole thing, but it is a comedy. Mm-hmm. In Hitler, I mean, you hate. I mean, no one likes it. It 
He's hysterical. He's hysterical. But anyways. Who plays him? I, the, the director of the movie. Taika Waititi. Taika, I have no idea. Yeah. Some guy. It was hysterical. Mike's very into like modern movies, movies yeah. and all the shit, all the underground but shit. But every time out. they're talking about, this kid's talking to him about his problems and he like cheers them all. It's hysterical. But anyways, every time the kid has a problem, Hitler whips out his cigarette case and offers <laughs> the kid a thing. He's like, no, I'm good. Well, we know that's no, incorrect because Hitler didn't like smoking. Right. But See? No, I'm good. Wrong. Nope, I'm good. And then finally, you the may kid want to goes, tag him in this episode. Yeah, let him he was go. wrong. Hitler didn't like smoking. So he goes. Finally, the kid goes. Would you please stop offering a ten year old a cigarette? Like, don't smoke. <laughs> like, it's so it's the stupid. You have to go see Jojo Rabbit. It's hysterical. I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably go home and watch it maybe tomorrow because it I work sounds last night. so tired. stupid. No, I love it. The, I love it. But he keeps stuff. offering him cigarettes. <laughs> well. They were incorrect, and he needs to know that. I'm taking a personal front. Hitler thought it was disgusting. Oh, it's a sad Maybe he just thought it was women were disgusting. I believe he thought yeah. it was disgusting. And why I give a shit what mm. fucking Adolf Hitler thought, I don't know. No. But we're, wow, this is going all We're really place. going off the rails. It's going to be a long Get episode. We're really trying to make up for how bad it was. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I have to say, though, this is coming out way better than the other one. And we're sober, like even better. Maybe we should always be sober. It makes it sound like we're raging alcoholics. We're really not. Like, you know, a nice glass of wine to get us loosen started. it up. If I had glasses, this would be a perfect episode. Because <laughs> right now it looks like cigarettes cause constipation, and I know that's not what I. That's wrote. not true. That's the opposite. <laughs> I know that. Well, I mean, that's what the toilet does. Maybe that's what my brother was doing in there for three hours. Okay, it increased cigarette consumption, not cigarette constipation. Okay, so eighteen seventies. The invention of the color lithograph allows, quote-unquote, collectible pictures to be printed onto cigarette mm. cards. Cigarette cards kept the stiffness of mm-hmm, the cigarette the pack. package. Mm-hmm. So now you could collect all the, you know, hot little ladies in their corsets on your cigarette cards mm-hmm. or whatever the hell they printed in 1870. What the hell would you even put? What would be so great? There was no baseball. There's no football. There's no basketball. What's the big know. thing of the Cowboys? Day? Cowboys and Indians. Uh-huh. Oh, excuse me, Native Americans. The latest Civil War hero. I mean, here's Ooh, well, Ulysses S. Grant right there <laughs> for you. Collect him next week on your pack of Winstons. So, okay, 1913, a cigarette brand was advertised nationally with the R.J. Reynolds Company mm. advertising their cigarettes as milder than competing brands. Mm. Again, I'm really on a tangent today. So you ever drive down, well, you have driven down 95, going down south. And when mm-hmm. you get, like, I think it's, if you're listening and you're in the area, please tell me what state this is in because you're going to know. There is a whole huge cigarette thing on the side of 95. A huge tower you can see for like 20 miles away. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes. And it like Winston's and all the cigarette brands on the side. And they're advertising the Where cigarettes. Is that? Virginia? I don't know if it's Virginia or North Carolina. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the R.J. Reynolds company, but it made me think of this. Like, I remember because we would drive down to Florida and you'd always do, my father yeah. would do 95. He was an old trucker. And you'd see that sign like a mile away. I'm like, here we go, cigarettes. Mm-hmm. God bless. No, oh, we're down south. Okay, so in the 1880s, like I said, the machine rolled cigarettes. Um, that means an increase in advertising. And by the end of the 19th century, magazines are carrying all kinds of advertising for different brands of c- cigarettes, snuffs, and pipe tobacco. I love pipe tobacco. I love the smell of pipes. I love a pipe. I love mm. the smell of pipes. Mm-hmm. And, I and cigars. I wish they weren't bad for you. Cigars, depending on the cigars, right. some of them I rancid. No. Pipes, love. I love a pipe. Friggin' pipe mm-hmm. tobacco. Something wrong with me. And nobody smokes pipes anymore. No. I think we should go back to smoking pipes. You never see a pipe. I mean, if you have to have a habit, don't vape. Just go with the, the pipes. 
You could save you the tobacco for later. Tobacco. Yes, yeah. you could save it for later. You can just take a couple of hits. Mm-hmm. I love a good pipe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember they tip it over. Yes, I just yeah. love the smell of it. You could always smell it. It was sweet smell. Oh, it smelled so good. I loved it. I can mm-hmm. smell it like it's sitting yeah. in the room with me. I loved it. Um, I know I shouldn't be promoting pipe smoking. But we I grew up with it. That's why. It. Okay, so um, demands for cigarettes double every five years, and it triples for the four years of World War One. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you're starting in like the early 1900s. Every five years, you go from we need 100 cigarettes to a million cigarettes to 3 million mm-hmm. cigarettes, and then World War One. Why does the cigarettes double in World War One? I'll tell you why. <laughs> Because they gave free cigarettes to the troops. Nice. You know, if you're going to die anyway in the face of death and war, what what's a cigarette among Get friends? A high right? It's quick. going to take the edge off yep. for you. You know, maybe you can aim at them because you can see the light of the cigarette. Maybe if you can end the war by sharing your best brands of cigarettes. Ooh, but, you yeah. know, you didn't know they were a peace tool, did you? No. Okay, so um, billions of cigarettes are distributed to the front lines by national governments. Mm-hmm. Government, you know, they're good for something. And... Private individuals would donate money to give cigarettes to the troops. And if you didn't donate money to give cigarettes to the troops, you were not patriotic. So the years, so now that we've hooked all of these poor schmucks coming back with shell shock and limbs missing, now we've given you cancer on top of it. But who gives a shit? So in the years between the wars, um, I'm going to give her a nice cigarette. In the years between the wars, you see more um, interactive techniques for marketing coming up. Mm-hmm. You get full-page color magazine ads and newspapers. Um, you get cigarette brands starting to create slogans for their brands and are using celebrity endorsements. Some ads use fictional doctors reassuring their clients that a specific brand was good for their health. Mm. Smoking shows up in movies thanks to uh, paid product placement. Yeah. Kind of like when you're watching The Voice and you see them all drinking Coke. Mm-hmm. That's paid product placement. Mm-hmm. Coke's paying them a lot of money to put that there. So they would pay you a lot of money to smoke their cigarette in that movie. Mm-hmm. In 1924, Laura's favorite menthol cigarette is invited. Menthol. Invented, excuse me, invited. <laughs> invited. invited it on into the band. Um, menthols. It's like smoking fucking mint leaves. Yeah. Ugh. I love mint. Ugh. No, I'm good. I don't is like smoking cool? It's a cool burn. It's a cool... <laughs> It's a cool burn cool on the way flavor. down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's good. You get that little, yeah. like a Halls. <laughs> Why would I want to smoke a Halls? I don't know. <laughs> it feels You can feel it into your lungs. It, yeah, it, it makes you breathe in deeper. Yes. And there's a better mm-hmm. smoke. So in the 1920s, cigarette companies decide, well, women aren't smoking. It's time to get those bitches on the bandwagon. Right. All right? That's a big audience. That's a big audience. Mm-hmm. We we are missing out. we got to tap them um, for cigarette smoking. Right. So females, um, celebrities are used in ads. Ads were designed to prey on females, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. I can't read (laughs) because I can't see. They are, uh, oh, they they prey on the females' insecurities about weight and diet. Mm -hmm. And basically are telling you that if you smoke, you'll lose weight. Yeah. Um, They are encouraging smoking as a healthy alternative to sweets. And the only problem with that is the sweet companies get really pissed because one of the cigarette companies markets, um, actually, I'm going to talk about that later because I, I, they have a slogan of what they say. So they are targeting it for weight loss Mm -hmm. and they're targeting it instead of reaching for a cigarette, go, I mean, a sweet go for a cigarette. Mm -hmm. So the cigarettes for women are marketed as quote unquote torches of freedom. Because now you're talking the twenties, you're talking the suffrage movement, you're talking women trying to get the vote, can't believe we couldn't get the vote till the 20s. <laughs> so 
they are torches of freedom. And on an Easter parade in New York, uh, I think it's 1929, they were going to have a parade, and they were recruiting women mm -hmm. to be in this parade. You had to be good-looking, but you couldn't be too model looking Couldn't be too hot. You had to be, be hot, like but the, not too hot. Right. Kind of like me. You know, kind of hot, but not too hot. You know, I mean, I'm not, like, I, I'm not like stopping... I mean, I have um, stopped traffic, but I, well, I mean, not like every day. Well, that's usually because I've tripped in front of the right. car that they've stopped. But I mean, you know, I, I've been, people have told me I'm too model looking, you know, <laughs> my little Sight. flabs over the top of my pants. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hot, mm -hmm. you know. So you couldn't be too hot. Mm -hmm. And they would hire, they hired photographers to make sure that these women were all taking pictures in this parade, smoking their torches of freedom. Mm. And these pictures are plastered all over magazines everywhere. Let's hook those with it. God bless. Mm -hmm. So now World War II is breaking out. Um, that Franz Licht that I spoke about either the, earlier that's saying that cigarette smoking is bad. He has published his papers and nobody gives it. Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. You know, he's telling you there is a link between cancer and smoking. We don't care. So what do we do? With the knowledge that there is a link between smoking and um, cancer, we now subsidize cigarettes for the soldiers, and we put it in their K rations and their C rations. Okay. Uh, it's so my son's been getting into some like old war movies and the prisoner war movies. So there's a movie called Stalag Seventeen, and it's a, it's a great movie. It's a all the American soldiers are in a prisoner of war camp, and the guys there's one guy that with the Germans to get everything he wants and his locker is full of cigarettes everything was cigarettes were money mm -hmm. Every, everybody would take it from the goodwill packages that they are uh, right and Cayman's like what do they do with the cigarettes I'm like it's money nice. he's buying everything and the Germans wanted the cigarettes and the soldiers wanted the cigarettes mm -hmm. they're betting on mouse races because there's only rats in the place and it's all cigarettes it's, it was hysterical and yeah. he's like I don't get it I'm like cigarettes that's the only thing they had access to so the cigarette companies are giving the soldiers cigarettes. Mm -hmm. um, now, at during World War II, cigarette sales reach an all-time high. And not only are these guys coming back addicted to cigarette smoking, mm -hmm. they're loyal to a specific brand because that's the brand they got in their K-Rat. I mean, it's ingenious, mm -hmm. but it's devious. Sick. It's yeah. sick. It's sick. Again, these poor schmucks are coming back with all these issues. Mm -hmm. Let's hook them with cigarettes. So in the, sorti the 40s and the 50s, um, cigarette companies start radio ads. Mm -hmm. Now you start seeing jingles for Luckies and jingles mm -hmm. for Winstons. And I mean, these are the cigarettes I can remember. My father was Camels, unfiltered. Mm -hmm. I will say I love the smell of a pack of the Camels because yeah. it was just straight up tobacco. God, how sick is that? Like as a five-year-old to be sniffing his Camels. They'll smell good. I was a weirdo. I know, but... But these are the things you remember. Like, did. that's what maybe uh, my dad smoking his Camels and flicking his Zippo Lyo in the morning. You'd mm -hmm. hear it go off and that's what you knew dad was up. So, 50s and 60s, they go from radios to television, and you would sponsor, um, an entire cigarette company would sponsor a show, mm -hmm. and you'd have a jingle for that. Cartoons, like the Flintstones, would have the cigarette, cigarette companies would advertise for the Flintstones, and at the end, you'd see, like, Betty and Wilma having a cigarette, or I Fred and Bonnie having a cigarette, smoking that, a, yeah. yeah, the Jetson smoking a cigarette, like, you would just never see that no. today. So in 1964, the Cigarette Advertising Code gets passed, and this starts prohibiting advertising to youth. They're starting to restrict how they're going to advertise. Mm -hmm. So they get genius, and they do a more like modified risk products, falsely implying that they're less harmful. So they were putting out roasted cigarettes, Roast. filtered cigarettes, menthol cigarettes, mm -hmm. ventilated 
light cigarettes. So now you see Marble Light 100s, Winston mm -hmm. Light 100s, and they got longer and thinner. Right. It's still tobacco in them. It's, they're not any healthier, but that's, this is how they're going to start keeping you hooked. Mm -hmm. um, they offered these options of the menthol and the roasted. They offered unwilling smokers an alternative to quitting. Don't quit. Go to the lights. You'll be way better right. off. You know, it's healthy. Do the menthol. They taste like mint. You'll be way better off. Mm -hmm. It's like a halls. It's your, like a halls. I mean, what's wrong with the halls? Those right. are good for your lungs. Mm -hmm. So you, um, lighter cigarettes was so popular, but that that by 2004, half of American smokers prefer lights over regular cigarettes. There is no healthier alternative, <laughs> and studies suggest that these are easier to become addicted to and harder to quit. So you're you're gonna quickly get addicted to them mm -hmm. uh, hundreds, and then you can't get off them because mm -hmm. they're light, and you just it's just a puff. It's, that's how my right. mother she quit for a year, and she went back. I'm just gonna take a puff. I'm just gonna. I'm like that puff's gonna become a pack. Right. No, no, I'll be fine. She was right back up to two packs a day. Mm -hmm. They also do racial marketing, so tobacco companies they're supporting civil rights a hundred percent. They've taken out full page ads in Ebony magazine supporting them a hundred percent. These people aren't stupid. No. No, they're not stupid. They're going with whatever's big at the time. But women. What it makes me feel bad is wow. we were stupid. Right. Because we bought this shit. Right. Like, how did you buy it's good for your health? I don't know. But we bought this shit. So even though it's illegal at the time, they're actually driving through black neighborhoods and giving free cigarettes to the kids. They're giving free cigarettes to the children oh of these God. neighborhoods. Disgusting. So in 1954, um, tobacco companies run an ad, and they call it a frank statement. And it's a part of a disinformation campaign to dispute reports that cigarettes cause smoke, uh, cause cancer. They're trying to put out that they're they're lying. These studies are stupid. They don't know what they're talking right. about. It's safe. It's great. It, blah, 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 blah. After the Surgeon General's report in 1964, the restrictions of smoking and tobacco advertisements, you see a more subtle approach. They um, continue to distribute to dispute nicotine ads, but at the same time, they're adding more nicotine to cigarettes to make them more addictive. Uh, Joe Camel comes out. Now you see a rise in kids smoking. I, I mean, you had the Joe Camel dollars, and you collected enough Joe Camel dollars. Joe Camel was everywhere. Mm -hmm. everywhere. With every pack of cigarettes, you got Joe Camel mm -hmm. money. And then you could trade that in for a record Sweatshirts player. Sweatshirts. Yeah. Yeah. Record player. Like anybody has one of them. Well, my daughter. My daughter. Sam has one. They're making a comeback, the record players. Um, so now what they're doing passively, because I would love to know who owns a lot of these vaping companies. I wonder if these companies are behind these vaping companies because they lost money in cigarettes, right. but vaping's on the rise. Mm -hmm. So who's making Juul? Are they connected in any way to these big right. cigarette companies? Because that's the approach they're taking now that's saying, vaping's better for you, so continue to vape. Still nicotine and vaping. Mm -hmm. You're still putting crap in your lungs. I actually think it's causing worse disease oh, quicker. Yeah. It's than like oil, smoking. and God only yes. knows when it's suspended in. Exactly. Yeah. And people are getting sicker quicker. I mean, lung cancer takes years to get. You have to really work at your smoking habit to get a nice set of lung cancer. But vaping, you're picking up within five years. In the 1980s and the 1990s, hard evidence comes out that tobacco companies were paying six figures to have actors shown smoking in movies. You know, here, we're going to pay Brad Pitt right. $150,000 to smoke because he's really hot. He's going to be, the actors smoking in the movies were always more successful. They were healthier. They were more robust. I mean, look at the Marlboro Man. Mm -hmm. He was like oh, he the was epitome of the best big, looking guy. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Tom Selleck was a Marlboro Man mm -hmm. and he was hot. And look at him. Isn't he, you know, you're great because you smoke Marlboros. Yeah. Um, in 1998, the Tobacco Master Settlement Agreement was reached between the nine, the, 
nine largest U.S. tobacco companies, a couple of them being the four, uh, Philip Morris Company, I'm sorry, the four largest U.S. company, nine, because I can't have my glasses on, R.J. Reynolds, <laughs> Browns and Williamson, and Lorillard. It's a very elaborate lawsuit, but basically it states that um, the state settled Medicare lawsuits, because now all these lawsuits are coming in for lung cancer, against the tobacco companies. The states will settle them, but they have to um, stop promoting cigarettes. Mm-hmm. They have to. St- there was three like lobbying companies. They had to disband the lobbying companies. Uh, they had to pay an annual sum to the states for Medicare costs um, and any compensation for caring of those with lung cancer. Mm-hmm. And they had to now start funding anti-smoking campaigns. Um, and they had to make all their public documents disclosed, which is where you're finding uh, out how they were marketing to all these yeah. people. So, that being said, on these disgusting companies, I'm going to give you quick five ways to quit smoking okay. that we found. So, they tell you to get a quit day. Prepare for your quit day. Pick a day. Tell everybody, kind of like I did with my little clients. You tell everybody, they're going to hold you accountable. Did you quit? Did you start? Ba-ba-ba. Pick a quit day. Pick how you're going to quit. Are you going to go cold turkey? Are you Are going to do a gradual? Mm-hmm. If you're going to do a gradual, start up to quit day going less cigarettes a day, less cigarettes a day. Um, sign up for a non-smoking support group. Stock up on oral substitutes. That could be dirty. Like gum, candy, straws, or toothpicks. Ask friends and families to not smoke around you, which Emily would have been like, that's your problem. That's your <laughs> problem. You want to quit? Not my problem. Your problem. I'm going to smoke all day. You're not going to dictate to me mm-hmm. when I can smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, take deep breaths so they're telling you when you feel the craving coming on take a deep breath drink water think of something and delay and delay and delay so you don't pick up that cigarette mm-hmm. use nicotine replacement therapies mm-hmm. these help reduce cravings and withdrawal symptoms nice. chewing gum lozenges mm-hmm. or prescription nasal sprays and inhalers you can do medications like Chantix or Zyban, but you have to be careful because they have serious side effects like suicidal mm-hmm. tendencies. Well, they're like antidepressants, right? Yes. Yeah. So you can have bizarre dreams and suicidal tendencies. Seek um, behavioral support groups, and you can try alternative therapies. This is, to me, as gross as the dip spit. Mm-hmm. Nicotine drinks. That sounds like you're that just drinking the spit. You might get dip spit. I guess that's a dip spit. Yeah. Go and find somebody who's chewing it and drink his drink, and you'll be fine. Because it's probably healthier than burning it in your lungs, yeah. putting somebody else's disgusting spit in your, your stomach. I mean, you have a lot of acid in there. Nobody would know. No. Lollipop straws and lip balms, hypnosis, acupuncture, magnet therapy. I'm sure that works. Yeah. Uh, cool laser therapy. I guess if they just shock the shit out of you with the laser. Oh, oh, oh! You're not going to want what that is cigarette. That? You ever watch Major Pain? No. It's like an old Damon Wayans movie, and he's like a marine, <laughs> and he's got these little kids. And so the kid's like, my finger hurts, my finger hurts, <laughs> or something hurts. And he snaps the kid's finger, and the kid starts crying. He's like, I ain't thinking about that thing, or the leg, or whatever was hurting. Yeah. He hits something else, and he ain't thinking about that no more. So we'll just shock you when you want to think about cigarettes. Um, People love that. What's that guy, the mad Russian? Yes. Oh, the my hypnotist? God. He's been around for decades. Dec- People still, my cousin still went to him, like, last year. Yeah. And he's known as a mad Russian. Yeah. Decades. My I think that's what he's him. called. I know that sounds awful, but if you're from him, that's what he's called. Like, yeah, the mad he's known Russian. as a mad Russian. He's a hypnotist, though. I think for any of these to work, you have to believe in it. You have to be ready. Yes. You have to buy into it. Nobody can force you to stop eating. Nobody can force you to stop 
smoking, nobody can force you to do anything. If your mind's not in the game, you're right. not going to be successful right. at it. You have to wrap your head around, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Which was why my mother had a hard time because she didn't want to quit. Right. She loved to smoke. Right. Bizarre as that sounds, she loved it. Mm-hmm. It was her everything. It was her social habit. She, I can't, I can't digest my food until I've had my cigarette. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Like, okay, sure, let's choke down smoke to make you digest. Well, but... it accelerates everything down there. That's true. Okay. It doesn't constipate you. It makes nope. things move. Yoga, meditation, you can try all those. So I do have some numbers for smoking hotlines. You can have one eight seven seven four four you quit which is also four four eight seventy four eight uh local and state you can do one eight hundred quit now one eight hundred seventy four eight six six nine or nicotine anonymous one eight seven seven try nica or one eight seven seven eight seven nine six four two two whatever you do if in this day and age you are still lighting up a camera give it up Give it up. They're expensive. What are they, like $15 a pack or some ridiculous amount of money now? It's a lot. It's a lot of money to smoke. Yeah. Think, put that away. Every time you want a cigarette, put a pack of cigarettes Right, then go away. on a trip for it yes. or something. You know, treat I yourself. would drive with my mother, would go up to New Hampshire to buy cigarettes because there's no taxes. And she would spend $300 mm. on cartons of cigarettes. Three. This is the same woman who, if you borrow a dollar fifty from her, she writes a note, puts it on the cabinet, and calls you, reminds you, you borrowed a dollar fifty from me. Wow! Would blow three hundred dollars <gasps> on a cotton of cigarettes. It would barely last her month back up. Three hundred a month. That's thirty six hundred dollars a year yeah. on cigarettes. Yeah, you go on a nice. Trip. That's that's Italy. Yeah. That's Ireland. Yeah. That's Ireland for the both of us. Right. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's nuts. So save yourself the money. Mm-hmm. Give your lungs a break. We mm-hmm. have enough pollution out there to take care of your lungs yeah, for you. Anyway, prolong the lung cancer by stopping smoking. So, mm-hmm. that concludes the episode you should have heard, and I just dropped all my papers on the floor. That concludes the episode you should have heard last week. Right. Though I am thankful we had Jen. Yes. Because she really took us into the new year in a big way. Yeah. A lot of positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Please review us on, if you don't know how, ask somebody, because it will help us. Mm-hmm. Um, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. Le- leave us something. We know you're listening. Yeah. As much as I love talking to Laura, it's exciting when we hear somebody we don't know coming in and saying, and it, they do, they come in and every once in a while somebody pops in and be like, and you have no idea. We're like, oh, it's yeah. a rando. I right. love my randos. Right. We need more randos. Mm-hmm. Normal randos, but we need I more randos. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have any kooks out there, yeah. but well, they're fun too. Um, if you have stories about smoking, weight loss, if you have something you want us to talk about, just shoot us a quick little note. Yeah. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Twitter. Just let us know you're listening. Right. Um because I think we're going to have a fun year. We got a lot. I mean, I've had a great year doing this. It's been fun. I've had a lot yeah. of fun. So our anniversary is coming up. Laura and our anniversary is coming mm-hmm. up. So we'll do a little, uh, kind of like the first episode, we'll just sit here and we won't be um, on the cleanse anymore. So we'll have a we drink. We'll have a drink. Yeah. And we'll uh, go over some of our favorite things in the past year, some of our what? things in the OR that have happened. If you have something like, if you have even stories you wanted to, to share. ask or a story or whatever, or like, Oh, I wonder if they've done that. You know, whatever. Yeah. Be part of our anniversary right. episode. Yeah. Write in and tell us. Well, we funny. Like, one of my favorite things was the Robert Ducky story. That was a great yeah. story. You've got a story? Send it in. We, right. it, it'll be funny. No matter what. Even if it isn't funny. Even if it's somebody who needs to hear your story. Right. Tell us. Yeah. So that being said, we love you all. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, here's to a great 2020. Yep.
like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.